Broadcasting from the Superbook Sports Studios, KTUS AM 1060, Tempe, Phoenix, and KSLX HD2, Scottsdale, Phoenix. It's time to hit the field with Extra Point, featuring Kayla Mortolaro and Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060. Tweet the show at KDUS AM 1060 or give us a call at 602-260-1060. The snap is back. The hold is down. You can't miss with this combination. And the Extra Point is good. Hour number two of Extra Point on this Wednesday, September 13th. Bob Kemp, Kayla Mortolaro with you up until noon today as we typically do. Mondays, Wednesdays, Thursdays, and Fridays. If you can't follow along with us, KDOS AM 1060, feel free to do so. KDOS1060.com as well as with the KDOS 1060 app powered by Superbook Sports. Right now through the rest of the month of September, if you download the KDOS 1060 app, register and follow along with the listener reward opportunities, you could be eligible to win a $100 gift certificate courtesy of Superbook Sports. Let's reset the scene, though, with today's poll questions, and we'll start with the KDOS1060.com poll question, and it it's about the NFL week one. Should the 49ers be ranked number one in the NFL power rankings? And we have had an overwhelming amount of support for yes. There's one lone vote here for no. We currently are at yes at 95% of the vote. No is trailing at 5%. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that you can't have a bandwagon of one. <laughs> I'm not positive about that, but we need like more than one, I'm sure, for a bandwagon. So we'll see if that happens before we get done with the hour. Correct. We'll answer that question around 1130 today. Tossing it on over to Twitter at KDUS AM 1060. Bob caught up with Zach Kreiser. Yahoo Sports in the 9 o'clock hour. If you missed the interview, podcast it over at KDUS1060.com or with the KDUS1060 app. Who wins the American League West? Houston, Seattle, or Texas? Houston leads at 62.5% of the vote. Seattle, 25%. Texas at 12.5% of the vote. This has been kind of just a wild shakeup here, seemingly uh, almost on a daily basis over the last three weeks or so. Uh, Texas has actually led the division more days than anybody and looked like that they were kind of cooked and done. And now they've won four in a row, including the last two nights at Toronto. You have the Astros, who amazingly are just 500 at home this season after losing the last two nights at home. With Verlander and Valdez as the starting pitchers, and they lost those two games at home to Oakland, and then you've got you know Seattle, which is was you know unbelievable. They were the best team in baseball from July 1st until like eight days ago, and then they lost a whole bunch of games. I believe it was seven out of eight, and then last night they played the Angels and they won like a hundred to nothing. Yeah, I had even asked you about the Rangers. Is it time to think this isn't going to happen? And then shortly after that, they put together some wins. But uh, curious to see what ends up happening there with Max Scherzer. That's true. He had to leave the game again. That's two straight games where he's uh, been less than healthy at the end. And I haven't seen anything this morning. And I've been not specifically checking for that. But I get a million text alerts. And I haven't seen a word yet. They're obviously, uh, and I don't think they. I think it's a night game tonight in Toronto. Uh, so, you know, to my knowledge, they're not at the park yet. Even though I got to be getting pretty close to getting at the park, considering it's you know four o'clock start. If it's an afternoon game for us, so we'll find out something. But I don't know if we'll really even find out anything today, unless it's a serious injury. 
Your phone calls today in this hour at 1115-602-260-1060 is the number. The Vince Lombardi Cancer Foundation is excited to take its 50-plus year history of -of one-of-a-kind charitable golf outings and events to Scottsdale for year two of the Lombardi Southwest Open. It's September 16th at Talking Stick Resort, so that is in just a few days. More information at LombardiFoundation.org slash Lombardi dash Southwest dash open. LombardiFoundation.org slash Lombardi dash southwest dash open let's stick with the field theme for the arizona diamondbacks and they lost to the mets yesterday seven to four uh ryan nelson four and a third inning seven hits six runs two walks three strikeouts and two home runs given up there were two different instances in which the bases were loaded for the diamondbacks hit into double plays to end both of those innings just a stat here for you the diamondbacks have hit into 26 double plays over the last 30 games yeah i didn't know that uh you know i'm not surprised because you know they've left a ton of runners on base they've been bad with runners in scoring position they really haven't been nearly as good offensively than uh, they were pre-july the first um that you know almost every game that they've lost and you can probably say this about a lot of teams but they've been atrocious and i don't know if you can say this about every team an atrocious part with runners in scoring position, last year they were two for ten with runners in scoring position. You mentioned the uh, inning-ending double plays, which you know, obviously kind of uh, you know you don't need to get too deep into that. Those are crushers. Uh, so we'll see what's uh, if that changes. But it's been a you know, I didn't realize it was that bad uh, as far as the double plays go. But uh, that's a whole bunch in a short period of time, and uh, that's. Uh, I don't know if that's something that it's in their head at this point. Uh, I think a lot of it is that they've had a lot of guys that have made outs early in the count and have not worked pitchers very well. Uh, it seems like there's a lot of first pitch outs in, the, in most of their losses here. And really, since you know, I'm going to go back to that July the 1st date, because clearly they have not been nearly as good a team. I even might even go back to like mid-June. But definitely just kind of calendar-wise, July the 1st seems to be the easiest way to use just a kind of a statistical reference point for that, uh, that they haven't been really as good at anything uh, as they were before July the 1st. Uh, also, Corbin Carroll has yet to get a hit in this particular series, so we'll see if he can uh, get something going here in today's games. Yeah. Little, little. Hopefully, there is a game today. Uh, you know, I looked this morning at like eight o'clock, and it looked like there was a. You know, they mentioned it last night during the game. Steve mentioned it that uh, it's iffy for today, and uh, you know, not that I don't have like a Doppler radar thing in my computer here, but I looked at the forecast and it looked horrible. And they're going to play these next. They're going to play the Mets twice in the next two days. From you know, come come hell or high water, no pun intended. Uh, because this is the last, you know, they do go to New York again, but that's to face the Yankees. So, you know, there's only 18 days to go in the season, so I can't imagine that uh, there's any way that they can make up a game in New York against the Mets. I don't even know what their schedule is the rest of the season and also play the Yankees while they're there. Also, I think they need to really win these next two games. Uh, you got, uh, you know, scheduled pitchers or Kelly uh, tomorrow in Gallon today which means that they're not pitching any of the three games against the Cubs this weekend, but they will be available, I'm guessing, to pitch the first two games of the series next week at home against the Giants. 
Zach Allen is going today for the Diamondbacks, 15-7, and 3.31 ERA, 195 strikeouts. And Joey Luceshi, uh, 2-0, 3.54 ERA, 22 strikeouts. It's a bullpen game for the Mets. They've moved Senga back to tomorrow, who was originally supposed to pitch today. So with the Diamondbacks' loss yesterday, there was some good news about it, and it's because the Phillies lost 7-6 to to the Braves, the Marlins lost 3-1 to to the Brewers, the Cubs lost 6-4 to to the Rockies, and the Giants lost 3-1 to to the Guardians. Let's talk a little bit there about uh, the Braves and the Phillies. Today it's going to be Spencer Strider, 16-5, 3.83 ERA, 250 strikeouts. Christopher Sanchez, 2-3, 3.36 ERA, 73 strikeouts. Yeah, uh, the Phillies, yeah, I mean, I think the Diamondbacks can forget about the Phillies. I mean, the Phillies are going to finish ahead of the Diamondbacks in the wild card unless disaster strikes. But disaster has kind of struck in the last couple of days. You know, they played three games in two days now, uh, Phillies against the Braves. The two Braves wins have been in 10 innings, and Craig Kimbrell got booed in Philadelphia last night. Shockingly that somebody would be booed in Philadelphia, an athlete. Uh, but, you know, they turned around Trey Turner's season by cheering him. Maybe they need to start cheering Craig Kimbrell, but uh, the Phillies, uh, the Diamondbacks should you know, not be paying attention to the Phillies on the scoreboard. There's other teams that are, I think, uh, more relevant that they should be uh, you know, paying more attention to. Uh, then you have the Cubs and the Rockies here. Today it's going to be Jamison Tyone, 7-9, 5.27 ERA, 122 strikeouts in the Rockies. Uh, you know, at this point, the Rockies season is is interesting, but Ty Blotch, 2-1, 4.58 ERA, 34 strikeouts. Yeah, uh, last night Chris Bryant uh, beat the Cubs, uh, former Cub MVP. I think he was the MVP. Was he the MVP? I think it was the MVP. He could have been the MVP. Maybe even should have been the. If he wasn't, he should have been. And uh, uh, not back in the day. Uh, but he had the go-ahead home run. You know, he's unfortunately been hurt a lot since he's uh, gotten that big contract from the from the Rockies, which nobody should be surprised about. And uh, many people, including myself, criticized them for signing him to a long contract because he's so injury prone. Unfortunately, but last night he was healthy. He's only been back for like. less than a week from his latest injury had the goal go ahead home run and had uh you know three runs batted in last night as the rockies beat the cubs uh then you have the guardians and the giants the guardians logan allen seven and seven three point six one era 113 strikeouts kyle harrison one and one four point eight seven era 26 strikeouts this was unwatchable baseball last night between uh, the giants and the in the uh in the uh in the guardians uh, the Guardians win last night. Cal Quantrill, I, for, I actually didn't even know, I don't think ever, that he went to Stanford. But you know, pitching at home in front of some friends and some of his college uh, friends, uh, they made a big deal about that in the Giants broadcast last night. Uh, but you know, he had uh, he had won a game since July 7th. Uh, I'm sorry, not even July, May the 7th, a long time. Uh, until last night, and uh, the Giants made more defensive blunders last night. They now are the first team in baseball with 100 errors this season, and uh, the metrics and the errors don't always match, but they do for the Giants. They're a really bad defensive team, and it's amazing that they've won this many games. The Marlins and the Brewers, uh, Braxton Garrett, 8 and 6, 3.82 ERA, 140 strikeouts. Uh, Trevor Miguel, 1 and 0, 3.38 ERA, 46 strikeouts. 
Yeah, last night. Uh, yeah, last night the uh, the Brewers win. Josh Donaldson uh, back in the major leagues with the Brewers. His uh, first time he's uh, you know, been. Uh, obviously, the, the Yankees just flat released him and DFA'd him uh, before the end of last month. But uh, he homered uh, for the first time with his new team last night. The Brewers are good, and as I tried to make a case with Zach Kreiser in the uh, first hour, I actually I'm I'm going to stick to this. I think the Brewers are the biggest threat to beat the Braves in the postseason in either league. Uh, they have the best pitching, starters. They're they're healthy. They're all you know, you know kind of on the on the you know, for the most part. They're you know, the starting pitching has been really good here lately. Their bullpen has more than just uh, you know, a couple of guys. They got like five or six guys. Uh, I think that Craig Council, if he's not the best manager in baseball, he's in the sentence, or at least in the conversation, of the best manager in baseball. And then the one thing that was absolutely terrible for much of the season, the offense, that's gotten significantly better since the trade deadline with Santana and Canna. And uh, they've gotten you know, Sal Freelich has come up from the minor leagues as their best prospect, and he's been very good. And then if Donaldson can do anything, that makes him even better. I think the Brewers are a really tough out in the postseason. As it is for the National League here, the Braves 95 and 50, the Dodgers 88 and 56, the Brewers 81 and 63. In the wild card spots right now, the Phillies 79 and 66, the Cubs 78 and 68, and the Diamondbacks clinging on 76 and 70. The Reds 75 and 71, one game back. The Marlins 74 and 71. So too are the Giants one and a half games back. You had mentioned the Brewers now being a team that uh, you believe has the best chance to take on the Braves in the National League. Is that a lot to do with what's going on with the pitching situation for the Dodgers and what seemingly looks like Julio Urias being done? Well, that's part of it. But I just think that the yeah, right now the Brewers are a better all-around team, and I'd rather have Craig Council managing in the postseason than Dave Roberts, even though I fully understand uh, Dodgers fans are screaming at their radio right now or screaming at me specifically because I do know that the Dodgers have beaten the Brewers in the playoffs before. But I remember a seven-game series of which there had never been a seven-game series if Council had not outmanaged Dave Roberts. We'll get into the American League on the other side of the break. If we have some time, we'll get into some NFL news as well. We'll take your phone calls if you'd like to chime in. 602-260-1060 is the number. Give us a call. We'll talk to you on the other side of the break. 602-260-1060. It is the extra point right here on KDOS AM 1060, online at KDOS1060.com, and with the KDOS 1060 app powered by Superbook Sports. There's a continental breakfast buffet and mimosa bar before for golfing 18 holes at Talking Stick Golf Club September 16th. Your golf experience will feature food, drinks, golf games, and giveaways as you enjoy a day out on the golf course. It's all supporting the Lombardi Foundation. Check out more information, lombardifoundation.org slash Lombardi dash southwest dash open. It's all happening September 16th, lombardifoundation.org slash Lombardi dash southwest dash open. More extra point to come. Tune in weekdays to the Sports Zone with Bob Kemp from 9 to 10 a.m. on KTUS AM 1060, KTUS1060.com, and with the KTUS 1060 app.
11:23 here on KDOS AM 1060. It is the extra point. Bob Kim, Kayla Mortlaro, with you up until noon today, as we typically do Mondays, Wednesdays, Thursdays, and Fridays. I'm seeing Mark Andrews is back at practice. That's at least a That's sliver a good of good news for Ravens fans, despite the plethora of other injuries they sustained after Week One. That's correct. It'd be nice if they could get their, uh, you know, Ronnie Stanley and also their starting center back. Correct. Uh, Tyler Linderbaum. That's correct. Both those guys left the game on Sunday. If we have some time, we'll get into... Andrews wasn't even active. That's correct, yeah. Uh, If we have some time, we'll get into some more NFL news nuggets from today. But continuing our American League conversation here, you had the Rangers winning 6-3 over the Blue Jays. Yesterday, the big story, though, was Max Scherzer left in the sixth inning with what is being called right tricep spasms. MRI is set for today. Have yet to hear any updated information about that. As for today's contest, Jordan Montgomery, 8-11, 3.62 ERA, 144 strikeouts and uh, I am not going to do well with his name here from the Blue Jays you say Kukichi nine and five three point five seven ERA 160 strikeouts yeah Kukuchi's uh, been kind of an intriguing dude since he's been in the league and uh, once again one of those kind of hit or miss guys he's been better at the Blue Jays and he was in Seattle so good for that uh, they think they've done a nice job with their pitching staff in Seattle uh, so we'll see how that goes uh, this is a second straight start that Scherzer's had some kind of medical issue. Uh, so hopefully uh, he can last. And that was one of the big questions I had about the trade deadline uh, with the Verlander. Which one do you like better, Verlander to Houston or Scherzer to Texas? I don't think either of them have been great. But you know, the fact that Scherzer, who has unfortunately not been as good in at least Three, I'm going to say three of the last four seasons. It might actually be like four of the last four seasons. Uh, but you know, he's been he's faded at the end of these seasons or had some injury issues in the postseason. The Athletics six to two over the Astros. It was a Justin Verlander start yesterday. Seven innings, eight hits, five runs, seven strikeouts, two home runs. The Astros, as you have pointed out here a couple of different times, are 500 at home this season. Uh, today it's going to be Paul Blackburn four and four, 3.88 ERA, 95 strikeouts versus Hunter Brown 10 and 11, 4.78 ERA, 162 strikeouts. And they actually need Hunter Brown now to be consistent here. There's only 18 days to go in the regular season. By the way, the Astros play the last three games of their schedule here against the Diamondbacks, and uh, the Astros are like a million games over 500 on the road and 500 at home. So maybe the Diamondbacks would be better off if that uh, series were actually in Houston. The Mariners, 8-0 over the Angels yesterday. Last I saw this morning, the Angels did not uh, have a pitcher announced just yet for the Mariners, though it's Luis Castillo, 12-7, 3.08 ERA, 191 strikeouts. Castillo's been amazing. He should have a much better record than he has because before the Mariners started hitting at all, uh, which they've done much better since July the 1st, uh, he had, like, the worst run support of any starting pitcher in baseball, and he was really good, and they never scored any runs for him, so he won very, and they won very few games that he started. 
So, as it is for the American League, you have the Orioles 91 and 53, the Astros 82 and 64, the Twins 76 and 69, and in the wild card positions here, you have the Rays at 89 and 57, the Rangers 80 and 64, the Mariners 80 and 65, and the Blue Jays 80 and 65. So everything is all bunched up. Yeah, the Rays blew a game last night. So if you're in this kind of situation. Yeah, you know, not good if you're blowing games and you know, their their bullpen imploded and yeah, you know, they need their bullpen to get guys out because they're starting pitchers, you know, and we've gone through this a million times. There many of them are hurt and not going to pitch the rest of the season. Uh so their bullpen has kind of been their strength so to speak and you know, they've even got some bullpen injuries now too. So the Rays uh their pitching situation, the, the Rays were considered kind of like a model franchise with good reason uh, for several years running because they did such a good job managing their pitchers. Then I had a discussion with a friend about this the other day, and I'm sure there's discussions in baseball about this. You know, why have they had so many pitching injuries now? Because it's been, like I said, kind of a model franchise of how to develop pitchers and get the most out of them and so forth. But now they're just running out of dudes. Switching this conversation to the NFL here, some injury news. Uh, wide receiver for the Pittsburgh Steelers, Deontay Johnson. He's going to be sidelined yeah. for a few weeks because of a hamstring injury. So that's certainly a loss on the offensive side of the ball. On the defensive side of the ball, defensive tackle, Cameron Hayward suffered a groin injury and he could miss several weeks. Mike Tomlin said that he will undergo surgery and uh, so there will be a better timeline after he has surgery. Yeah, this is a really big deal. This, I, think they, they, the, I don't want to minimize the Johnson injury, but the dude drops a lot of passes, and he didn't catch a touchdown last year. That wasn't all his fault, but he dropped a few, and Kenny Pickett didn't give him the ball, especially the first half of the season very often. Uh, but I think the Hayward thing is a, just a massive, massive issue for the Steelers because he's a really good player. He's been a really impact player for several years. I don't think he gets nearly enough credit nationally because he has T.J. Watt in his team, not diminishing Watt's you know, talents and his effectiveness because he's really good. But Hayward just kind of forgotten and lost in the shuffle. In fact, I think people mentioned Minka Fitzpatrick and Watt and before they ever consider thinking about how good Hayward has been. Staying in the state of Pennsylvania for the Eagles here, Kenneth Gainwell didn't practice yet this week, not looking like he's going to be available for the Thursday game as the Eagles host the Vikings. Also, you have uh, cornerback James Bradbury in the concussion protocol. Unlikely he'll be set to play on Thursday. And then also have to monitor here, I don't know what's going on with rib injuries. Kenneth Gainwell has rib injuries. Safety Reed Blankenship has rib, rib injuries, but we'll have to wait to see what his fate is as well as Fletcher Cox, but he could he could be ready to go. Yeah, this thing with Gainwell is a really big deal. We, you know, we have our Tuesday discussion, our fantasy discussion every Tuesday with uh, John McKechnie from rotowire.com, and yeah, he was a guy we talked about is adding in the waiver wire uh, if he was still out there. Man, a lot of deeper leagues he was already drafted uh, before yesterday and so forth, I'm guessing. Uh, I didn't know anything about this uh, after the game on Sunday. Maybe I just missed it, but I don't think I did. And the first that I was uh, aware that there was an issue with him was yesterday afternoon, and they play Thursday. 
Uh, does that mean DeAndre Swift is going to get more touches? It seems like he uh, he wasn't really utilized much in week one. Well, you're asking the wrong guy. I mean, I just think that DeAndre Swift's a nice – he has some nice plays. Uh, he's, I don't think, a particularly good football player, quite frankly. Uh, not consistent. Um, he does a lot of things that you can't pass block at all. So you can't have him on the field in third down situations unless you're going to throw him the ball. And I think there's a, those are some of the reasons why Detroit really didn't seem to care – and they traded him. I mean, they didn't bring him back. See you later, bye. And uh, yeah, I don't know if Gibbs is going to survive if they actually run him between the tackles ever uh, because that's certainly something that they did a really good job of Alabama and Bill O'Brien didn't bother to even try to do that very often because you just wonder whether he's going to get you know, be able to survive. He got beat up when Gibbs was at Georgia Tech because they ran him too much between the tackles. Uh, they do have Boston Scott, and then they brought in Rashad Penny as well to round out that running back room. P- Penny wasn't even active on Sunday. He was a healthy scratch. You know, Boston Scott is a guy that's just kind of there and seems like a couple times per year, including last year during the Super Bowl run, makes some big plays at times that you wouldn't expect him to be on the field. <laughs> I think that's another reason that DeAndre Swift's not in Philadelphia anymore. So the Jets. Oh, me, that, that, that he, yeah, sorry about that. That uh, he's. He, that, I'm not sure why they got DeAndre Swift. Quite frankly, because I just think there's too many guys on that team that are better than he is. Uh, so, so for the New York Jets, obviously we know about Aaron Rodgers, the situation with the Achilles. He'll be out for the year. So it's going to be, according to head coach Robert Sala, Zach Wilson time. The questions here are, do you try to bring in someone else as a veteran to back up Zach Wilson? Uh, you know, at some point, if Zach Wilson hasn't shown progress from where he was at last year, do you make a switch based upon how good that defense has at least shown itself to be in week one and what they were able to accomplish last year as well. Some options that I have seen, and I'm curious to get your take on some of these options because I don't know why teams would necessarily do this at this point in the year. A lot of the options have been backup quarterbacks uh, on other teams, but with it being week one in the season and you're trading essentially for a future draft pick, why would you help, like, quote unquote, help out the Jets right now? It seems kind of curious to me, but a couple of options that I've seen, uh, you trade for Jameis Winston, you could trade for Davis Mills, then in the free agent market, sign Carson Wentz, bring back Joe Flacco, sign Nick Foles, sign Matt Ryan, or sign Colt McCoy? Well, the one I heard the most yesterday was Jacoby Brissett uh, via trade. And if you're Washington, uh, I would do that in a second. And you might be able to get a second or third round draft pick I heard mentioned yesterday on NFL Live on ESPN. Uh, because the Jets, if they're desperate for a, back, you know, a quarterback, uh, it sure seemed like Sala was going to, you know, he was pretty convicted and sticking with what they have right now for now. Also this morning on NFL Network, I heard uh, the fact that, uh, that Flacco had actually has now called the Jets to say, um, like to come, I'd, like, I'd be willing to come back. Interesting. Uh, Well, you know, if the offensive line can protect you, which is the big if here, you have plenty of play. They didn't protect Aaron Rodgers. And what, he got hit in three of the four snaps? Correct, yes. Yes. 
I think that that's kind of got lost in the shuffle of the injury. He got hit the other couple of plays, too. It also seemed like they were – the one play sticks out in my mind. Makai Becton, he it was he purposely did it. He went low on the defender trying to, like, wow. chop him there. So it seemed like yeah. it was supposed to be a really quick pass pattern or something. Correct. Like, just get the ball Correct. out quick. Yeah, so that, you know, Rodgers kind of ad-libbing a little bit hurt there. But, uh, yeah, Becton had a terrible game, by the way, not just you know, no matter who the quarterback was. You know, I know it was only four snaps with Rodgers, but, I mean, he was bad. And I think, uh, at least me, um, I'm wondering if this guy is ever going to be any good. 22.6 million people watched that Jets and Bills contest on Monday night. Uh, it was one of the highest rated uh, Monday night football contests there. Interesting, though, the Jets do have scheduled five more primetime contests. Uh, that is correct. <laughs> yes. With yes. Zach Wilson w- at the helm. Yeah. I wonder how many of those people were watching after four snaps. I don't know. Or at least after Aaron Rodgers was officially ruled out of the game. I was going to say, I think there was still, because it seemed pretty innocuous at first, so you thought he would kind of just go get taped up, come back. Then after Mm -hmm. the cart came out, you were like, oh, this is serious. Yeah, even though when I watched it live, I thought Achilles. Just watched, that was my first thought. I thought of Kevin Durant, quite frankly, second. When, uh, in the, when he was with Golden State. I've seen video of it slowed down, and when it's slowed down, zoomed in, you can actually see the calf oh, pop. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it just it looks so awkward. And, I, you know, we've watched Rodgers play so many times over the years. It, I knew it, was just, it wasn't just like an ankle thing. Uh, so, you know, that was my first thought. It was Achilles, and unfortunately, that was an accurate thought. Poll questions. They take place next in the Extra Point. We'll do what's best for the team, and we'll do what's best for you. The Rich Eisen Show, coming to you weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. Here on KDUS AM 1060 and KDUS1060.com. Eleven forty, right here on this Wednesday, September thirteenth. Bob Camp, Kayla Mortolaro, with you up until noon today, as we typically do Mondays, Wednesdays, Thursdays, and Fridays. It's poll question time, so let's get into it with the KDOS1060.com poll question, inspired by Nate Davis of USA Today's Power Rankings following Week Number One. Should the 49ers be ranked number one in the NFL Power Rankings? Yes or no? I'm going yes, uh, but just again, I'm the wrong guy to ask on this question because this is the team I picked to win the Super Bowl before last week. Uh, but I didn't saying that uh, changes my mind after one week, obviously. Yeah, just a couple of things. First up, uh, Brock Purdy. Maybe people will sometime believe in him. Uh, the games that he's started and finished, he's thrown at least two touchdowns in every one of those games. Uh, so he's maybe pretty good. Uh, also, their defensive front, uh, with you know, Nick Bosa was on a play count last week, so he wasn't, you know, obviously wasn't you know, in football shape, quote-unquote. Quote, I'm sure he's in stellar physical condition because he's a workout fanatic. But, you know, he, he made actually you know, some plays in that game last week, and he's not even ready to really play. Uh, so their defensive front seven is, I think, the best in the NFL. 
and I uh, thought that before Sunday, and nothing that uh, we saw Sunday changed my mind on that. The one concern I have, you know, obviously Purdy has all the playmakers and so forth, but uh, replacing Mike McGlinchey at right tackle uh, might be a bigger issue than we thought. But then again, uh, just because they couldn't block, uh, you know, because they couldn't walk T.J. Watt, maybe we shouldn't be jumping jumping to conclusions about the the right side of the offensive line issues with the Niners until we see them play somebody else. And they play the Rams this week. And maybe the, I assume the, the Rams will probably try to put Aaron Donald some on the, the defensive left side there uh, to try to exploit what at least was a weakness last week for the uh, 49ers on the right side of the offensive line. So I am with you on the 49ers, I guess, for the purposes of this question, though. The only other possible answer for me would be the Dallas Cowboys. But what gives me the edge for the 49ers is the fact that it was a complete game. And that might be a little bit unfair to the Cowboys because we didn't need to see uh, everything just because of the way the game started, the special teams, the defensive effort right away. Uh, Certainly the defensive effort, though, and what that Cowboys defense can be that was on display that's a little scary though for opponents to face certainly upcoming for the 49ers though I mean uh the I can we call it the emergence because it's been happening for the last couple of years but Brandon Ayuk you know two touchdowns for him over 100 yards but then also some downfield blocking he's just becoming like a really uh a prime target for Brock Purdy in this offense yeah, I'd like to say that I'm surprised about Ayuk, but I'm not. I thought he was really good when he was here at ASU. When he got drafted by the 49ers, I remember the day after the draft, I talked about how this is the perfect place for him. That's the perfect offense for him. And I think that those things are all still accurate. Uh, so you know, the downfield blocking didn't surprise me too much because he also did that when he was here at ASU. Uh, so good for him. Um also, when I had my fantasy draft last week, uh, the guy that uh, was picking right before me picked Ayuk before <laughs> I was going to pick him. Oh, that's that's heartbreaking. Um, that was like for the second wide receiver thing. That would have been nice. I think so, you. Know, this I is. Got sni- I got sniped. So who did you say. get instead? I don't remember. Oh, I actually took I actually took a running back instead, and then got wide receivers later. Okay. So yeah, I got Tyler Lockett later, and then unfortunately he is in concussion protocol right now. Uh, for the uh, 49ers, though, obviously everything kind of comes down to health for them too. You know, Christian McCaffrey is so dynamic at the running back position, but right now after Week One, I'm going with the 49ers, and overwhelmingly the masses are too. Yes, at 96% of the vote. No, at 4%. Okay, well, up to 4%. If we leave this on there for like another you know, six months, uh, maybe we'll get closer to 50-50. <laughs> Possibly. If we leave it up until the Super Bowl <laughs> so, in like six months. Uh, over on Twitter, at KDOS AM 1060, if you missed the baseball conversation Bob had with Zach Kreiser of Yahoo Sports, you can podcast it over at KDOS1060.com as well as with the KDOS 1060 app. Who wins the American League West, Houston, Seattle, or Texas? Uh, so I had kind of like 
written off Texas after their major slump, but then they started to turn it around. But I do have questions here now uh, about Max Scherzer not being able to make it through two of his starts here, uh, two of his last two starts. So he's a huge integral part of what the Texas Rangers want to do. So just kind of how does that all shape up with just a few games left to go in the season? Um, for Houston, it looks like they really started to figure things out. The bats started to come alive, started to get healthier as well. Uh, it's head-scratching that they're 500 at home. That's certainly been interesting. And then, obviously, uh, some of the pitching. You know, Framber Valdez has been kind of on a, a rocky road. Justin Verlander maybe hasn't been as good as we thought he could be uh, in returning to Houston. In all, though, they certainly have the experience over the Mariners, where the Mariners, to me, have, like, the best pitching amongst this group. Uh, they seemingly have been able to uh, turn it around since the deadline after maybe we thought that they were saying, hey, this isn't our year. Uh, with all that said, though, I guess I'm going to go over experience of been there, done that with the Astros. Yeah, this is going to pay me to say this, but uh, for somebody that obviously – yeah, went to the bank with Houston last year from, like, May 1st on. Uh, and then I thought this year, same type of thing. But uh, they have not been, I don't think, that good uh, for a few weeks now. I know that they've won a bunch of games. They, they've not even beaten the bad teams. They're lately losing to the Royals and uh, the A's here of late. But uh, we'll, hopefully that will turn around for them. I'm taking Seattle. Uh, they've, been, they've been the best team since July the 1st. Um, they've, they've, their pitching staff has actually been really good all season long. Their offense has been not great uh, for much of the season, but it has certainly gotten better and been more consistent until like the last seven or eight days here. But it was if they can face the Angels pitching staff every night, I feel confident. Uh, the other thing, though, is that they still have some games left against the Astros. And uh, the Astros have dominated them in past years, but you know, Seattle is one. They're leading the season series this year, and including win is they are, even won a, a series at Houston, which you know, for the Mariners is like you know, the greatest accomplishment of all time, considering past years. So I'm taking Seattle, like that they've been the best team for a while, and you know, I'd, I'd like to see those two teams play another playoff series against each other, like they did last year. The masses are on the Houston side of things here at 62.5% of the votes. Seattle, 25%. And Texas at 12.5%. This is on Twitter at KDOS AM 1060. And uh, certainly as we started this question, talking about Zach Kreiser, certainly uh, encourage you to listen to that interview if you did miss it. He yeah. had a lot of really he's on good Seattle. things. He's on Se I'm sorry, he's on Seattle too. He is indeed. Uh, and then yeah. you were also trying to convince him about uh, the Milwaukee Brewers. And I don't know if That's there was right. a whole lot of convincing needed. He seemed he seemed like he was on board. He was okay with that, but you know, this is that question was inspired by his you know, don't sleep on the Phillies headline in one of his recent stories. I say don't sleep on the Brewers. We have one final segment to go in this Wednesday, September 13th edition of The Extra Point. We'll do that on the other side of the break. Bob Kemp, Kayla Mortolaro with you. One more to go.
Carvey now time in your afternoon for the Doug Gottlieb Show right here on KDUS AM 1060, 100.7 HD2, and KDUS1060.com. Weekdays from 1 to 3 p.m. Coach Vince Lombardi and support organizations that help prevent cancer, provide the best care to those fighting it, and find a cure. It's taking place September 16th at Talking Stick Resort. Join the fun and help them fight for a cure. If you're not a golfer, there's still plenty of fun at the Kick Cancer's Tailgate Bash, hosted poolside at the resort. The night will feature music, complimentary food, drinks, raffles, silent auction, and so much more. It's taking place Saturday, September 16th. It's the LombardiFoundation.org slash Lombardi-Southwest-Open. Lombardifoundation.org slash Lombardi-Southwest-Open. Welcome back to the final segment of The Extra Point. Bob Kemp, Kayla Mortolaro here with you, and you heard the music. That means it's thank you time. As always, we thank you for listening. Special thanks to the callers, emailers, tweeters, texters, whoever, and whatever else slipped through the cracks. Also, our guest today around Major League Baseball is Zach Kreiser from Yahoo Sports. At uh, 9.15 tomorrow, we'll go around college football with David Kenyon. And uh, I feel a Texas is back question coming (laughs) from me on this. Uh, So just a possible prediction for maybe even a poll question for tomorrow. Also sound at the courtesy of Fox. Um, KBME, that's the Astros flagship. Cairo, the uh, Mariners flagship in uh, Seattle. Tex 105.3, that would be the Rangers flagship in uh, the Metroplex. Major League Baseball, also ESPN, WTMJ, that's the the uh, Brewers flagship in Milwaukee. Also special thanks, as always, to Kayla, Corey, and Aaron. And Kayla's going to tell us what's coming up next. Up next, it is Sports Map Radio Network from noon to 1 o'clock, followed by the Doug Gottlieb Show from 1 to 3, the Rich Eisen Show from 3 to 5, and the Sports with Dave Rooster, Beerstein, from five to six. Seeing this here, uh, Giants cornerback Amani Awurie was uh, hurt during a special teams drill in Wednesday's practice and was carted off. Obviously, the Cardinals will be hosting the Giants here on Sunday. Yeah, it's uh, interesting to see how the secondary is going to work out for the uh, Giants. Uh, extremely young and not really even tested on the Sunday night game because there was no reason for the Cowboys to throw the ball. When it comes to following along with the uh, Colorado Colorado Madness, uh, Colorado and Nebraska played each other on the big noon kickoff. Two times in a row for Fox to get this season started. They saw 8.73 million people tune in. That was up from week one of 7.26 million. However, it did not top uh, the weekend that was Alabama, Texas did 8.8 million. 799,000 did come from Pat McAfee's alternate broadcast, but Colorado continues to be uh, certainly a ratings bonanza to get things started here for the college football season and the are backing it up with their play. That's true. And then game days uh, in uh, in Colorado this week. And uh, I actually heard somebody say it's in, they're going to go to Boulder, but the game's at Fort Collins, so I'm not <laughs> sure what's going on with that. 
Uh, but uh, they're at that. That's where they're at. They're going to try to. ESPN's going to try to uh, you know, get some eyeballs being take advantage of the Colorado thing. Even though I did hear Dion, or I read a quote. I didn't hear him say this, but uh, you know, I'm paraphrasing also the quote that I didn't hear. So this is kind of bad on my part. Uh, almost saying that we've gotten too much attention <laughs> at this point. Uh, he didn't quite go. I don't think he'd ever go that far. But uh, he, he's certainly uh, you know surprised at all the uh, accolades at this point. But he shouldn't be because you know, he's brought on this a lot of the, a lot of this on himself and. You know, good for him, and Sean Lewis has done a great job as the offensive coordinator, and I think that they're a very well-coached team, which I think has been kind of lost in the shuffle because of all the hype and all the hoopla, etc. There's going to be an alternate broadcast for the Jaguars and the Falcons, and Bob, I know you're going to be tuning into this with Disney Plus and ESPN Plus because it's piggybacking off of Toy Story. Uh, okay. This may stun everybody out there, I'm sure, but I've never, never saw that. So, like, toast, toast, there's like 12 versions of it, isn't there? Yeah, like there's a lot one. of versions, but we can't have and an I'm, argument and, if and, we're and, like on the Woody I, side or if yeah. we're on the Buzz Lightyear nah, side. Not, not a clue. I haven't watched any of them, so my bad. I'm sorry. I'm the one person in America you couldn't say that to because I right. don't know. Yeah, my bad. Well, it should you be can cool. Get somebody, you, just get somebody in the hallway. You can you know, have that conversation with them, and let's put them on the air. Fair enough. All right. But it should be cool for the yeah. kids. The Nickelodeon simulcasts have been a pretty big hit, so I imagine this Toy Story thing will be cool, too, for the Jaguars and the Falcons alternate broadcast upcoming this season. That'll do it for this Wednesday, September 13th edition of Extra Point right here on KDOS AM 1060. Have yourselves a fantastic rest of the day. We get things started tomorrow with the Sports Zone at 9 a.m.